Welcome to Walking in Faith with Pastor Rob Currington. This podcast is dedicated to helping develop lifelong seekers of the Kingdom of God. Each week, Pastor Rob helps bring God's message for living to those seeking a richer and more Christ-filled life. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he shares this week's message. goodness. Thank you for your provision. And Lord, as we give, Lord, I pray that we give generously and cheerfully, Lord, and even sacrificially. Lord, as we just say, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provideth. And Lord, may we make a testimony and a worship to that fact. We thank you for the opportunity to give back for what you've given to us. We pray this in the name of your son. Amen. The sacrifice of privacy, or for those of you who are cultured, we'll say privacy. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we've been looking at kingdom living, just saying a sinner's prayer is not always just enough. There are many people out there that have said the sinner's prayer or say they believe in Jesus, but in their testimony you see that many of them are not living that way. And we've been trying to share with you that that's very, very true. Kingdom living, one who's a Christ follower is going to require sacrifice. Without sacrifice, you have not yet attained eternal life. For the Bible tells us to count the cost. And so today it's the sacrifice of privacy. Going back to 2 Corinthians, you have it there in your Bible. It's also on the screen here. We look at those verse 18 through 20 once again, and I want to bring it back to our attention where he says, all of this is from God. And when we say, what is this talking about? It's talking about being a new creation. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So we see that God has given us something and he's delivered us. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespass against them and entrusting to us, if you have your Bibles, underline that, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. God has entrusted His followers with something special, with a command, with a commission in being reconcilers or the message of reconciliation. That's why He says in verse 20, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making His appeal through us, and we implore you on behalf, Christ, be reconciled to God. Father, I thank you that we have been reconciled. I I thank you for those of us that have called on your name, those of us who have repented of dead works and and turn and put our trust in you, that you have redeemed us and made us new creations, new creatures. And with that, Lord, you've called us to count the cost. You've called us to sacrifice. And Father, I pray that you do your work this morning as we seek to please you in this area of sacrifice in this area of of being ambassadors for you. And I pray that you'd open our hearts to receive your word with gladness. We praise the name of your Son. Amen. Just several weeks ago, I was teaching Sunday school, and this is kind of a good end to our Sunday school. We've been talking about evangelism, what evangelism is, what it's not, uh, how to do it, some of the ways and methods and things of that nature. And I shared one of the weeks that I was teaching eight reasons why people don't share their faith. You'll see them up there very quickly. Eight reasons. And these are some of the reasons. One is, oh, I don't have any non-Christian friends. I I, I don't have anyone who isn't a believer. Or I don't have the gift of evangelism. It's not my thing. Or or, I don't have time right now. She alluded to that 
early in her testimony, or afraid of what my friends may think of me. And that's a pretty big one today. Or I'll just live out my faith in front of my friends and, and they'll figure it out. So it's that kind of, I'll just do it and, and maybe they'll figure it out for themselves. And, or I don't know how to bring up the topic. I don't know enough to share the gospel. Or in our church tradition, we don't talk about our personal faith. Maybe these are some of the reasons that you've been sharing about why you do not want to share your faith, why you feel evangelism is not for you. But let me share with you that these are not reasons. You might have heard this before. These are not reasons. These are just excuses. They're poor excuses at that. Because really what I want to do is give you a reality check. Now, you might look at there, and there might be some of them, you say, well, I do have a fear of doing it, or, or my time, I am busy, or, or I don't know how to do that. But all of these actually have answers and solutions. But yet I would ask, have you looked for that solution? Do you care for that solution? Is it something you want to solve? So I want to give you a reality check, because it's really not these things that stop us from sharing our faith. And that's why I call it the sacrifice of privacy, because your faith is not just a personal faith. The reason why you and I do not share our faith is three and maybe four reasons. And I want you to listen with this. I want you to look up here at me, because this is important. I want you to get this. Reason number one is you don't fear God. Is you don't fear God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, if you have your Bibles and you haven't found your Bible, look at verse 11. He says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. See, you have no fear of God. You don't believe that there will be a day where you will stand before God and give judgment. You don't believe that there's a day of reckoning. You've bought into the half-truth that God is nothing but love And he would never send anyone to hell. What happens here is you don't have a full theology of God. You don't truly understand the God of love. Yes, he is. He is a God of mercy and grace. He's also a God of justice and a God of accountability. The reason why many of us do not share our faith is because we really, truly do not fear God and do not believe that he'll ever ask or we'll stand before him and he'll ask, what did you do? as a minister of reconciliation. As my ambassador, did you serve my request or not? We don't fear God. The second reason, I believe, is that we don't treasure God. We don't treasure God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, again, look at verse 13, as Paul's continuing. He says here in verse 13, For if we are besides ourselves, It is for God. You have not seen God as that precious treasure, one in which you want to share with others. You know, you look on Facebook and people are always saying, like this, love this. And they're always sharing their favorite videos and favorite memes and and all these other things. And and when we see a good movie, we want to tell others. If we we read a good book, we want to tell others. If we meet someone that we really enjoy and, and we want others to meet them. When it comes to Jesus, we're fairly silent. And we do what's only cultural acceptable. See, what I'm really finding is, is that we not only do not fear God, is that you and I truly don't treasure God. 
you and I do not have a full understanding of who God is. You and I need to recognize that the ultimate power of the universe is more than just a God who loves and a God of justice, but He's a, he's a full God. And there's much about Him of beauty and wonderment and treasure. The Bible says we are to treasure Him. And that treasure is something that we need to share with others. And then thirdly, and this is one that I think should get through any hard walls that might be, is not only do we not fear God, Not only do we not treasure God, but in reality, the reason why you and I don't share our faith is because we do not love others. You don't really love others. To be honest, you don't care if they go to hell or not. As long as it doesn't bother you, as long as it doesn't affect you, as long as it doesn't call you ridicule, you'll just let them go down. But you have to realize that kingdom living is going to require the Christ follower to give away their faith. And that's the big point that I want you to see here. That kingdom living requires Christ followers to give away their faith. You and I have to realize that what's keeping us is a fear of God and not treasuring in the fact that really when we look upon the crowds, we are not like Jesus who looked and had compassion. We look and see up. Not me. Not my job. I don't want to be ridiculed. There's a lack of compassion in our hearts for others. Let me ask, do you love others? The Bible says love others as you love yourself. Do you withhold any good thing from yourself? But yet, many times we allow that to stop us from sharing our faith. You see, I give away my faith to fulfill God's purposes. You see, really what the thing is, is your faith is personal, but it's not private. We've bought into this line, is keep your faith to yourself. Don't allow it into the workplace. Don't allow it into your family. Don't allow it into the culture or politics or anything of that. It's something that's just personal between you and God. But yet we see here that God has said very clearly in His Word is that He entrusted to you and I the message of reconciliation. He calls us as ambassadors for Him. That God is actually making His plea through men and women. We are the means in which people hear the Word of God and that message of reconciliation. And so when you and I do not fear God or when we do not care for others or when we do not treasure God, when we hold it and say it's just personal, what we're seeing is God, I don't care what you say, but it's just between you and I. The Bible says there's no such thing as a personal faith. It's one in which we're to share. Take your Bibles and turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 28. Let's not take just my words for it. Let's take the Scriptures. Let's take Christ. Famous portion of Scripture, Matthew chapter 28. And look at those last three verses, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. He is the king. He's the ruler over his kingdom. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore, in verse 19, and do what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In other words, God Himself, Jesus says, your faith is not just personal, it is not just private, it is something that you are to go throughout the world and share with others. It is not a little special gift that's between you and me, but one you are to share. Penn Gillette, he's a famous magician, pen and teller. Many of you have heard of him, maybe you've seen him. He's an outspoken atheist. He writes, I believe that there is no God in an NPR story. In January of 2007, he took the blasphemy challenge that was offered by a rational response squad, and he publicly denied the existence of a Holy Spirit. One of his car license plates reads, Dog Gone, meaning no God backwards. However, a video has been making rounds for years. And what I'd like to share with you as we go to this video is look at what an atheist himself has to say about Christians who are not willing to share their faith. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. How much do you have to hate someone not to tell them that there is eternal life? Hence, I ask you today, are you a hater or are you a lover? Do you look on the crowds and see compassion? Or do you look on them and see problems, ridicule, and the fear? An atheist himself says, someone who doesn't proselyze to share their faith, someone who's not willing to sacrifice their privacy and share their beliefs and share who they treasure and share who they love and what God has done for them, what type of person is that? It's one who has not counted the cost or has counted the cost and decided that it's too much. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you some friendships, some relationships, and even acceptance from culture to be one who shares the gospel, who shares their faith. But yet the reward of being an ambassador of God is to do just that. God hasn't promised that everyone that we share our faith with is going to accept, but He's called us to share His word nonetheless. Amen? So kingdom living requires the Christ follower to give away his faith, to sacrifice his privacy, to be willing to step up there and be criticized, to be ridiculed, to be maybe even ostracized in order to share them the love of Christ. The evangelist Dwight L. Moody walked down a Chicago street one day and he saw a man leaning against the lamppost. The evangelist gently put his hand on the man's shoulder and asked the stranger if he was a Christian. 
The fellow raised his fist and angrily exclaimed, Mind your own business. I'm sorry if I offended you, said Mr. Moody. But to be very frank, that is my business. You know, and that's not only true for a preaching evangelist. If you and I have become part of God's family in Christ, then the spiritual health or the eternal destiny of someone is automatically our business. Yesterday, Captivate Group went to an um, uh, evangelism little seminar, and they got to go out yesterday. And some, they had some good experiences and some of the bad experiences. But the point is, they're sharing the gospel. We need to realize as our missionaries who leave everything, forsake everything they know, he had a business. I mean, this is a man who's in his 40s with a, with a wood business. His family is there. His kids are still young growing up who then forsakes all to go into a country that they do not know to share the gospel. He counted the cost and found that God is most treasurable and we're willing to share that with others. But you and I many times are sitting down and not yet many times people don't even know that we are a Christian. And it's such a sad state of affairs. For you and I need to share. The request of Paul, and you'll see this on the screen, is in Ephesians 6, 19-20. Listen to what he says. Is that the church that he's writing to would pray on my behalf, he writes, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am a what? Ambassador in chains. What do you think that meant? He's an ambassador in chains. What do you think that means? Anyone? Where is he at? He's in prison when he writes this. He says, even in this prison cell, I am ambassador for God, that in proclaiming it, I, if I, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. What is Paul asking? He's saying, I want to be able to open my mouth. I want to be able to share the gospel wherever I go. So pray for me. Now, this is the man that you and I would say, hey, this is the super apostle. This is super Christian. If he were to unwrap his toga, he'd have a big SC underneath there, you know, ready to leap the synagogue in a single bound. He could memorize the Torah with one voice and just do it in one breath. This is a man who says, I need you to pray. Why? So that I may be bold in sharing the gospel. Here's a man that we would think was bold beyond bold, but still says, I still need that. See, you and I need to understand the gospel. And I would say that's the next one. Why don't we share our faith? Because not only do we not fear God or treasure God or love others, for many of us, it may be the fact that we do not yet understand the mystery of the gospel. See, the gospel is very clear. We were created by a loving, just God who created all that we are and created a world where we could not only live but also thrive. And in it, He gave us everything that we need, every breath, every, uh, every function of every organ in our body is a gift from from Him to us. 
And in it, he says, I'm not only going to build this beautiful world, but I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to put you in charge. Will you rule in my stead? Here is my kingdom, as beautiful as it is. Here is your kingdom and my kingdom. Now rule in my stead. But yet, they rebelled against their king. They rebelled against the creator, the one who gave them all that they needed. They raised their fists and said, no, we want to be God. And in their sin, they were cast out. And God says, but you've been cast out. I will bring you back to myself. By that sin entered the world. With sin came the curse, the curse of death, the stain of disobedience, rebellion that is in each and every one of our hearts. And for that, he prepared a special place for those that reject him. And in it is the eternal dwelling of all who die in their sin. And for generations, God made ways for them to be made right with God, but even every one of them wound up being temporary. And not only that, we ruled or we rebelled against every moral law of God. So God sent His Son into our place to do what we could not do, to, to provide what God required and became that perfect, perfect sacrifice. And as sin requires a penalty of death, Jesus says, kill me, put it on me. And in that, Jesus did. He lived a perfect life. He became the perfect death, the perfect sacrifice. And not only was our sin placed on Him, but also God took our or Christ's obedience and He placed it to those that put their trust in Him. And in it, redemption was done. And in that, he prepared a place, not only for him and his angels, but also for us to join him once again. And one day, he's going to bring and bring everything back and recreate all new, and there's a final consummation. The gospel is the fact that God is reconciling the world back to himself. He is righting what went wrong. Instead of man trying to figure out how to be made right with God, God says, I'll make the way right. Most religions, you can imagine, if you would, a mountain. And say that the supreme being is at the top, and we'll call our God, Yahweh. And most religions, what they do is they find man trying to just scale that mountain so they can reach God. They do all sorts of works, they do all sorts of penance, they do all sorts of things to say, this is how I reach God. But in Christianity, it's not that man scales the mountain, but God comes down from the mountain, picks us up, and takes us up that mountain. That's the Christian faith, that's the gospel. It's the gospel that we're emboldened ambassadors for. And God says you need to share that faith. You need to sacrifice your privacy. You need to sacrifice the, the desire to keep from ridicule and being ostracized in order to share with others what God has done for them. What I'd like to share with you is four ways you could do that. I think you understand the importance here. If you're here today, check your heart. Is it that you don't fear God? Is it that you don't treasure God? Is it that you just don't love others? Or is it that you don't understand the gospel? Let me share with you, you've got to ask today, you've got to come to that decision. For a Christ follower will share his faith. Let me share with you four ways how you can boldly share your faith. The first one is to list people in your area of influence. You've got to know people. 
Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, the Holy Spirit said, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the world. Becoming aware of the unbelievers that God has placed in your life by understanding who's around us, by determining their, their level of spiritual interests, by looking for common interests, ways in which you can connect, for looking for ways to intentionally build relationships. And so you and I need to get past this way and we need to look on the crowds as Jesus looked upon them with hearts of compassion, with eyes wide open. In the book Total Church, the authors write that evangelism can happen in major events, but the bedrock for evangelism involves ordinary people in their ordinary flow of life intentionally seeking to minister the gospel both in word and deed. The result is a good relationship when we begin to look at others, not as impediments, not as people who we need to be fearful of, but people who need the gospel. So have you intentionally started to build relationships with them? Secondly, look for an opportunity to share with them the gospel. In Galatians, once again, Paul is writing, and he says, Pray also for us that God may open up a door for the Word to declare the ministry, mystery of Christ. He goes on to say, making the best use of our time. I would implore you, in the morning, wake up and say, Lord, I have a new time of day here. Let me use my time wisely. Show me the opportunities that I have to share the gospel. Do that by committing to prayer, by using your list that you have to Pray for your unsaved friends daily. You've heard me say how it's uh, to my shame that I neglected to pray for my dad for years. We had pretty much given up on him, and you heard my testimony about that, only to see him after 30 years of people praying for him finally come to know Christ. We don't know how long. Let me ask, how long does it take for you to give up on a friend, on a family? on loved ones. We should be praying for them daily, multiple times. Pray for the opportunity to share your story of how you become reconciled to Christ. Pray that God will give you the right words to say. Thirdly, we need to live a life that's going to demonstrate that faith. I think that's something that uh, she shared earlier in our uh, Mrs. Uh, Nelson in Sunday school how there are many Indians in, in, in Bolivia who believe that they're Christians, but yet their lives do not match up. Now, we've already shared that in the sacrifice of, of our life here in the kingdom living. And so I don't want to belabor the point, but our lives need to match up to what we say. And so I would challenge you here today, if you were to stand before God today, would your life match up? With the things that you do, the things that you spend your money, the ways in which you entertain yourself, does it match up with the gospel, with the scriptures? James tells us, so by faith by itself, it does not have works. It's dead. You need to show you care. You need to show by being a genuine friend, helping people in practical ways, being a good listener. These are important ways to show love. He tells us in the same way to use our monies and use our talents and abilities in order to share God's love with them. And fourthly, we need to learn how to share the gospel. I'm going through these quickly. 
List people in your area of influence. Look for an opportunity to share with them the gospel. Live a life that will demonstrate your faith. And then you need to learn how to share the gospel. Dustin has taken us through uh, six, seven weeks of doing that. The Captivate is still working on it. We're going to be working on it continually. Ask to meet with him, uh, me or, and Randy and others. We can share with you how to share your faith. It's many times just simply by just sharing your story. What has God done for you? How were you before you met Christ? How are you now after? You may need to be ready to share by simply identifying yourself as a joyful follower of Christ. Sharing your story when the occasion arises and introducing them to the gospel community. I just want to set on there for a moment for the biggest way that you can share the gospel is inviting them to the events of the church, whether it's the worship service or, or, or an event that we're having here. Meeting other people that share the same burden and the same passion as you will, will make a difference. People have rejected the gospel word in part because they have not been exposed to a credible gospel community. Churches have often stood aloof from society, but we need to be a church that's open and welcoming. And let me tell you, there's a lot going on about LGBT and all the other acronyms that would follow. But let me tell you, I want to be a church that's open to those people coming and hearing the gospel. Now, we don't compromise the truth, but we want to see those type of people come in. We want to see people who need Christ. And I pray that you become now, praying now, Lord, help me be a church that would lovingly take in kids who are not like my kids, people who aren't dressed like me, people who may not smell as good as me. That is the gospel. We need to be willing to, to reach out to them and bring them in, for such were some of us. Thank you. We need to share that love, and we need to be a true gospel community, and I believe that Orange Villa is, is on the way to doing that. And I appreciate how much you've accepted the, the ministries that we do during the week. And by the way, let me just give a quick announcement, a little advertisement. I encourage you that what we're doing during the week with the kids is explosive. We need more of you who are retired or who have flexible schedules to come out and help us on Wednesday morning and Friday afternoons and the ways in which we're reaching these neighborhood, this neighborhood and the neighborhood kids. I mean, we're talking, we're talking 30, 40, 50 families whose kids are coming to these programs. You may say, I don't know how to share the gospel. I don't know what's the right way, and there's so many ways of doing it. I'm reminded again of a story by, by D.L. Moody. One day a lady was criticizing D.L. Moody for his method of evangelism and attempting to win people to the Lord. And Moody's reply was, oh, I agree with you, I don't like the way I do it either. Tell me, how do you do it? The lady replied, well, I don't. I don't do it at all. And Moody responded, well, I like my way of doing it better than I like your way of not doing it. Let me tell you, God, kingdom living requires you and I to sacrifice our privacy. We need to recognize that the God has called us to give away our faith, to share our faith with others. That is what a Christ follower does. That is one who has been marked and reconciled by God and has been given that ministry of reconciliation, who understands their duty as a ambassador and boldly goes and shares with others 
what God is doing. Please do not be one who fear, who does not fear God. Do not be one who does not treasure God. And do not be one who does not love others. In their book, Total Church, Tim Chester and Steve Timmons writes that you cannot be committed to the gospel without being committed to proclaiming the gospel. It's not just for you personally. It is personal, but it's not private. Would you share with it today? With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're here this morning, and I think you hear the word that he says. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God is not counting the trespasses against them, as entrusting to you and I the message of reconciliation. What is preventing you from doing what God has called you to do? Is it the fact that you do not fear Him? Is it the fact that you do not treasure? Or is it the simple fact that you just truly don't love others? If any of that is yours today, I pray that you would repent and confess of that this morning. If you're here this morning with no one looking, you say, you know what, I'm afraid one of those may be my reason. Would you pray for me for God's strength to defeat that? You just raise your hand and just put it down. Slip it up, put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How many of you say, you know, Rob, I, I, want, I want to commit to sharing the gospel. I'm committed to that. Would you just raise your hand and put it down? Father, we rejoice with those who say make such a commitment. And Father, we pray for those who are, who are afraid of others, who, who are showing some fear, not fear of you or fear of others, but just fear of, of ridicule, fear of ostrac being ostracized. Lord, I pray that you implant upon us the need to share the gospel. Lord, let us be those who seek the kingdom first. Lord, that you may be glorified as we fulfill the commandments you've given us. We pray this in your name. We hope you have enjoyed this week's Walking in Faith podcast. We encourage you to share this podcast with others in order to help spread God's message to all those in need. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Email us at walkinginfaith at orangevilla.org. You can help us spread this podcast by writing a review at iTunes. And don't forget to visit us online at orangevilla.org. There you will find more information about our ministry, as well as share your thoughts, submit prayer requests, and find out how you can help others to grow in God's love. Until next week, may God bless you in everything you do.